when you know you know sometimes when you just kind of skim the edges of a pool like talking to your parents or something like that I think I just lingered a little too long on a particularly not too hard but not too soft jet of water and I just was like oh oh shit that feels great against my penis which I didn't even know could do anything except pee so here I am like getting off basically in front of my entire family not knowing what's happening and um yeah I mean it, nothing came out obviously because I was like prepubescent but then like every time I was in a pool or body of water after that was some desperate search for like a stream of water that would like get me off like I was thirsting big time it was bad and I would have to say like it's kind of like it's not like no one knew what I wasn't what I was doing it was kind of very obvious that here's this like clearly on the verge of you know puberty kid rubbing himself up against a pool jet so yeah, that was definitely when I first realized what sexuality was, I guess. Wait, did you, so everybody notice that this was I happening? mean, it's like it's it would be it would be foolish of me to think <laughs> to think that no one knew what I was doing. I mean, like, clearly my eyes were probably rolling in my head. I just imagine you having a conversation with someone and just like Suddenly, like raising and lowering yep. yourself in oh, yeah. conversation. Oh yeah. Like, like am I humping the wall? Am I, like, is this ten year old humping a pool jet? Yes, he is. Sebastian. And this is our first episode. And this is pretty exciting. Yeah, we're sat in our living room. Yeah, we're sitting in our living room. Recording. We just had burritos, and so we're just we're ready to talk about why sex. Yeah. And why sex, really. Um, and I think the first question about why sex revolves around both the publication that we're making and this podcast. Mm-hmm. Which... So this is a sex and dating podcast. Mm-hmm. This is part of our Sexed magazine, which you can find at sexedmag.com. Um, we came up with that name because we realized that this magazine was entirely run by people of color and, and or queer people. And we realized that a lot of times our identity comes with a, some element of sexuality that we didn't agree to. Yeah. Like either we're considered, I mean, as an, as an Indian American female, I'm often exotified in mass media so i feel like i'm always like oversexed in depictions of indians mm-hmm. or indian females and i know with like asian males it's mm-hmm. a lot of undersexed well it's weird for me because being multiracial both mm-hmm. white and asian like my sexuality in terms of how like i perceive it racially is so weird i mean especially since I'm, my father is asian yeah and so it's not as though the male has ever been emasculated for me in a in an Asian version. In fact, like I exist because an Asian man was like sexually attractive to a white woman. So it's very like we we all know that my racial politics are like what <laughs> out the window because who knows like what's going on there. But yeah, it's I think most of it is rooted in the fact that of, of that and the fact that I am queer and like yeah. it's, it's it's gonna be an interesting Well I was gonna say like as a gay man do you ever feel like society makes you have to be more like oversexed or undersexed. Oh yeah, but it's something that I play into very mm-hmm. actively. Um, I've, like, in especially in college, I used to play into this role of 
being very sexual and very talking about my sexual mm. exploits that never really even happened. I never said they were actual exploits. I would just make jokes about like, oh yeah, well I was bent over that like last night. <laughs> when like really I was probably watching When Harry Met Sally the 6,000th time. So it's, it's definitely something that it, it happens. It definitely happens. I'm definitely perceived as being oversexed. But at the same time, I'm neutered because of it. Like I can say a lot of things in settings that normally you wouldn't be allowed to say because I'm like a gay man and therefore my sexuality isn't offensive or like isn't something that can be a threat to mm -hmm. people around me unless mm -hmm. they're also gay. But most of the times we're in heterosexual spaces mm -hmm. and so my sexuality or anything I say that's sexual is conceived as being, perceived as being not threatening. It's very mm -hmm. interesting. It has its benefits, I guess. What about you, Seth? I was about to say that it's actually interesting because I feel like um, the the way that I came up and that I grew up, the threat of homosexuality was something, uh, not like specifically, but one of the like many things that uh, I feared in coming up sexually. Um, in the sense that, like, I think that even the existence of another sort of sexuality that isn't cis male and that isn't, um, you know, identifying as, like, I'm a man and I like women and I want to be normal. Like, those three statements were extremely oppressive for me because I felt coming up like I didn't fit into any of those three things. But at the same time, it was very comfortable for me to just identify as those three mm. things. Mm. So when it came to being Latino, I was that, but I could talk myself out of it. Mm -hmm. And when it came to being queer, I am that, but I can talk myself out of it. There are all of these things that have been a part of my identity that I'm only coming into now and that I'm only exploring now because I feel like I have the people around me and the spaces to say those things without fearing being um, either ostracized or uh, threatened, I suppose. And this is definitely one of those spaces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the goals of sex is to allow for right, like voices to rise above mm -hmm. the crowd. Um, we share a lot of millennial dating rituals and habits, but it's kind of equally a parody of like articles that you would find elsewhere about, mm -hmm. oh, you know, deleting your dating apps or mm -hmm. getting on every dating app. And it's also equally an act of demonstration to be like, we're here talking about our ethnic or our queer experiences in a place that doesn't always have room for us so mm. that's kind of the goal and it seems like the idea when we talked about this originally sexed as a singular word without a prefix kept coming up as well like mm. just to be sexed is something like to be sexually attractive or interesting or to be having sex is in itself some demonstration mm. of being here yeah no, and I think that it's also about being complicated and messy mm -hmm. in the sense that, like, I think that one of the questions that was always extremely messy for me was, okay, I am male, I've felt male my whole life, and I am white-skinned. Why do I feel so much more comfortable in spaces that accept me as a queer person and that accept me as Latino? Like, why is it okay? Why do I seek these spaces where I'm allowed to be messy? instead of what I should feel is my power, which is being defined. And I feel like the reason why is because we are inherently messy and we are inherently trying to find some sort of like way to live within that 
mess. And I think that that's what sext for me is about, is for right now the exploration of what can be and what could be, not necessarily trying to like stick to dogmatically what is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I guess the next question is, why sex generally? Why are we talking about sex? I know my family especially is definitely, uh, they have a lot of feelings about this project of ours and a lot of them have voiced these feelings. Um, I think I wrote about it already, partially like how I got my parents' approval, but sex, talking about sex is still, even in our age of Jezebel feminism, is still not always easy. Yeah, I mean, I actually just realized I haven't told my parents about really any of this but they do know (laughs) about like because of the articles i've shared already they they, i got a very concerned email as you guys know from my father saying you know your your writing is very good but you might want to be careful because future co-workers employees might not like your fisting article and i'm like (laughs) i love that i'm getting an email about from my dad concerned about me writing about fisting (laughs) As a joke. Like, the age we live in. <laughs> that's progressive, like, like right well, there. Well, yeah, remember like 10 years ago, it was like, make sure that none of your Facebook photos oh, have yeah. you drinking, and oh, now yeah. it's like, son, maybe you shouldn't share an article about anal fisting. Yeah, which, on the record, <laughs> I don't fist, but I do love discussing it. <laughs> but yeah, it's been like, I just, sex, talking about sex for me is something I've always been comfortable about talking, mm-hmm. ever since I was a little kid. And like, it's just something to me that I find very interesting because of how many perspectives can come at it and how many ways you can have it, but also because of how funny it is. Sex, and that's, I mean, I'm kind of the resident, like, jokester, I guess, of the sex editorial staff. Yeah. And I just think sex is hilarious. Yeah. You're literally smashing physical <laughs> parts of you into other physical parts of you over and over again until disgusting dick snot comes out like it's or whatever if you're, if you're <laughs> or no, whatever if there's no penis there like and, and it's just ridiculous it's sex is silly well i mean what i think is so interesting about sex is that for me it seems to be like either for a lot of different people it's sort of the like anti then space it's like if you're a very rigid person you have sex and you're loose as hell you're a very loose person you come silently you know, it's like it's like this. Oh, it's like this alternate silent dimension. Silent comers are weirder. Weird. Silent comers, very strange people. <laughs> no, but I mean, like that's what I think is quite interesting is that when you open up a conversation about sex, you kind of open up this other dimension where people are kind of allowed to, you know, come whichever way they want, be whichever way they want. Um, in the same t- breath, we can also laugh at how weird that yeah. is. You know? I, I think it's really interesting talking about sex generally because it's been such a facet of my female conversations mm. for a long time. What like, do you mean? As in, like, if I'm talking to a female friend, like, we'll go through, like, her sexual escapades. Like, it'll be like, oh, he did this in bed or she did that to me and I'm not sure if I like this or I really like this. And it's, like, it's a very crucial aspect in some ways of this, like, sharing that we do. And there's nothing, there's no judgment involved in it either. Which I really appreciate because I feel like when guys talk about sex, especially straight guys, there is a level of judgment. So it's also opening this really intimate space conversationally mm-hmm. between me and my female friends. I, I remember um, a friend of mine that uh, in high school that I had I had some issues with, but I spent a lot of time with him. And one time he came to my house and picked me up in his car. He's like one of the only one of us in the friend group with a car. And we were in his car and he was like, yeah, I just had 
sex with my partner and I was like word 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 he was like yeah she like came so much and I was like word and he was like have you ever done that have you ever just made somebody come <laughs> so much and I was like I was like I mean I, I mean not like that I guess and it was just like such a weird conversation yeah. like it was it didn't feel like he was trying to be like yeah like I had this really good experience my girlfriend he was almost trying to be like like what do you it. think about yeah, that? Like, yeah, yeah. You're like, what do you think about that sport? To me, it kind of sounds like you were next on the menu. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, have you ever made someone come real hard? Do you, you want to? Would you like to? Like, that's <laughs> definitely the dot, dot, dot. I, I think well, that's, that's interesting as well because, like, I have a lot of straight guy friends and I don't really talk about sex with them to the detail that I do with female mm-hmm. friends. And it's funny because, like, their partners or their boyfriends or whoever they're with mm-hmm. are almost faceless in our conversations. It's not even about mm-hmm. their partner. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an... It's becoming this really democratic experience in some ways, just, like, being able to talk about it so freely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I... Um, I grew up a very sex-crazed little girl. Like, mm-hmm. I was always really interested in it, mostly because it seemed so emotionally captivating, mm-hmm. sex. Like however it was depicted on TV, or and I read a lot of, in the books that I read that were definitely for an age level that I was not at. It always seemed like sex had this power over people where like, if you weren't in love, you were suddenly in love afterwards. And to me, love was the most more interesting aspect of sex than the actual act of sex. Sex as a demonstration of love was always really compelling for me, which was why like when my mom would tell me, you know, you, know, you shouldn't have sex with people until you're married to them, or you shouldn't like just do it willy-nilly it wasn't about like like losing my purity it was very much about like don't give someone this power over you because Mm -hmm. sex is emotionally captivating and you could get in a lot deeper than you want to just because of like the way the biology works Mm -hmm. and it was a very different conversation than my other friends were having with their parents my parents were always very open about sex with me which i always appreciated i don't know sex for me has always been a bit of a weird like as fascinated as i am by it it's always been kind of i feel the way I approach sex has been very defense mechanism, I guess, because I use comedy about it a lot. And so when I actually did start having a lot more sex when I moved to New York, it was very much, it was such a weird thing. I was kind of like having a second, like a second sexual awakening, I guess, when I moved here. <laughs> and then there was the chlamydia scare and that kind of killed everything. <laughs> but, um, just like ruined whatever you like, created. Boom, like, yeah. there's nothing like getting a phone call about my, maybe having chlamydia on your birthday. So that's worst present ever. Worst present ever. No, Um, but you know, I mean, sex for me has it's 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 never been about the emotional part. Actually, it's always been just about I guess the thrill. It's weird. I think sex, especially in the gay world, is a very much like conquest, escapade, like recreation. It's just doing it to do it, and like getting off and I'm not saying anything new about how gay men view sex but that's just how it's always been for me you know I once heard blowjobs described as a new handshake yeah which I thought that was really funny please no I don't like that I've never done that before in an interview (laughs) (laughs) I actually think handshakes are so awkward um, now I hope you think they're even more awkward. No, I can't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to look at somebody's hand without (laughs) imagining (laughs) blowing them it's gonna be no, I, I think that my my like understanding of sex when I was younger is similar to you. Mm-hmm. I, I've told this story before, but I 
I thought that you had sex with somebody and then you were with that person for the rest of your life. You did tell me this. Uh, I, I remember. I, yeah. I, I was like 100% sure the first person I had sex with, I was like, this is the person. And, and of course, and of course, like, and of course, like later they were like, you are insane. And I was like, I know. No, I mean, like, at the time I was like, boo hoo. But now I like look back on that, like little Wait, baby. How old were you? Like 15. You were 15 and you thought that that. Yes. Was... Yes. That's very interesting. I did. Who, I thought. What was the Sebastian source? Sebastian has always been like this. It's like hardcore romantic. Seriously. I no, I like was a hundred percent. So when she broke up with me, I was like, wait, we were going to like get married and stuff. Well, what was her reaction to that? Um, was she just like, what the? I think that she, I like, she let me down really easy, but I think that in her head, she was like, this dude is nuts. Wait, that's insane. I'm sorry. I have to, I know we're in no judgment, but that's insane. No, it was insane. No, but you have to understand like my sex talk was my dad taking me out for ice cream and being like, so have sex with the one person that you love. And I had I, like I didn't follow up on that. You know, it's, it's both oh. of our bads because like that's a bad state. That's like a weird statement. Well, I didn't question it. I mean, in addition to that, like I never really had the anatomical sex talk with my parents. Right. I just had the abstract sex talk. Right, right, which right. Which was not like P yeah. goes in B or P goes elsewhere or B <sighs> goes elsewhere. None of that. It was none of that. I didn't have a concept of oral. I had no idea about masturbation until yeah. I was like seventeen. Yeah. Like for girls, like I guys like. It's, it looks easy. You can probably do it. Anyone can do that. But, like, I never understood any of this, like, body-based stuff. What What is... I'm curious. What is the, like, biggest misconception that you had about the actual process of sex? I thought it was just, like, laying on top of somebody. Okay. I definitely thought that's what it was. Because, like, in TV shows, they never yeah. show anything, right? They always yeah. cover it up mm-hmm. from the waist down or even, like... Uh-huh. I don't even know. Like, I didn't know what tits were for a long time. Yeah. Because, like, always cover those up, too. Like... Yeah. That was just like a murky, and I never thought to question it. It was yeah. just like, I'll, I was always that like, oh, when you're older, you'll understand. And I just yeah. assumed that I'd reach some sort of like right. Moses burning bush level epiphany, right. and it would just like all click into place, literally, yeah. physically. Yeah, right. Stuff. It was just—it's interesting. You were saying how your parents never gave you like the actual like step-by-step guide to inserting something into something. Yeah. Or whatever. My parents kind of did, and then what's interesting is the gay dude is like you get two sex talks. You get. Or I did at least. I got the first heterosexual sex talk, like this is right. how man and woman have sex and make a baby. And then the next one I got was before Pride, two thousand nine or eight. And I was like, Dad, I'm gonna go to the city today. And he's like, You know, you know what's happening in the city right now, don't no. you? And no. I was like, No, what's happening? <laughs> it's gay pride. And I'm like, Okay. And he's like, Do you know how they have sex? And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> and do it up the butt. <laughs> Do you want someone to do it up to butt with you? And I was like, no. <laughs> so I had, that was my second sex talk. So that's, that's, that's almost like more like a sex yelling match. Yeah, it was like, definitely a sex yell. And then I still went. And the, I, I did not get, for, on the record, I did not get fucked in the butt when I went to my first gay pride. That's like not a brochure either, though. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, my dad is very strange. And then like, in, in the next year when I came out, this was definitely high school, nothing about it. He was like, you know, like, maybe you'll grow out of it. I love how that was like the don't worry. Yeah. This might not stick. The butt fucking might end. Right. Like lactose intolerance or like Oh yeah. Just like my actual lactose intolerance. (laughs) Which disappeared. (laughs) Unlike my head and my (laughs) sexuality. I mean, my lactose intolerance showed up suddenly, just like my 
vague sexuality, so I Is there, that. are we on something? Like, <laughs> is there a connection between lactose intolerance? Evidently a it parallel. Gets around and there. my vagina intolerance? It's messy. Uh, vagina uh, intolerance. Uh, That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I say vague sexuality, so that's just my thought. I don't know yeah. how to explain that. It's That's like my kind of, vague ethnicity. <laughs> it's your off yellowness. Yes. Um, off straight, I suppose, is like a good way of saying it. Yeah. There was a study recently that said that like no female is straight. Like, I believe that. We're all either bi or lesbians, but we're not fully 100% hetero. I would believe and that. And I, I believe this because I think like, I believe like to be attracted to people, you have to kind of be attracted to yourself. Like you tend to like go for things in other people that you see in yourself. So for, I understand like for women, because we're sort of taught by society that we are sexual objects. I think you kind of come to that conclusion yourself too. Like I am a sexual being and you are attracted to that aspect of you. Mm -hmm. So like, it makes sense that you'd be attracted to other women then who are also sexual objects and sexual beings in your head. Anyway, I, I think that's, so I, if so, yeah, anything, how does that relate to your off straight? Family, I'm a statistical <laughs> normality. For off straight? For off straight, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think you're just a sexual person. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think right now, I don't really like trying to confine it. And you shouldn't. I'm actually, I, I regret coming out as gay so early because, I mean, I still, I am gay, mm-hmm. but I regret boxing myself into that category yeah. so early because it did like I mean they say don't knock until you try it and I don't have any interest in yeah. like doing anything with a woman right but like I do regret I wish I just could have been like do you feel like you just like streamlined your experience kind of like, kind of this is it this is all I'm gonna yeah do. yeah I mean I didn't even even venture into pussy land and I or even look over the rocks to see it and I was like ah no <laughs> I don't want to but like ah. I mean it'd been it would have been nice to at least have considered it yeah, it's so like, what do you think about, like, the whole, like, gold star-ness? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, I know a lot of gay dudes who make out with women mm-hmm. all the time. And, I mean, that's the, as far as I would go, but I'm not going to do that. And, like, I like how, like, physically repulsed you look <laughs> right now. <laughs> but, I, I mean, good for you. I mean, I, I think it's cool. I, I'm technically a gold star. And, uh, but I feel like, I feel like I just, I haven't experienced everything mm-hmm. in the world. And there was only one time where I was ever really sexually attracted to a woman. It was in college. And it was only because she was super smart. And I, like, saw her. Oh, you one of those sapiosexual bros. Yeah, that's why. The I ones am. who, like, fill up Tinder, like, I'm sapiosexual is yeah. a thing. No, it's not. And I was just sitting at my desk, you know, like, watching her talk. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh-oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> ah! <laughs> But that's the thing, though, is that, like, I feel like when I was saying earlier that there are these boxes, you know, like, straight, white, mm-hmm. like, the straight box for me has always been such a safe box, because yeah. I, I never have to venture outside of it. It comfortable, dude. And, I mean, I don't think, I, I think that maybe, like, there are some, like, somewhat useful questions, like, if I hadn't been told that I was straight, would I be straight? I think that maybe, like, a more useful mm. question is, like, what are the feelings that you quash? You know, like, like what when you talk yourself out of. exactly. So, yeah. like, this uh, uh, server at this restaurant, Lemon Lemonade, in Lemonade. Los Angeles, yeah. I like look up and there's this beautiful black man, mm-hmm. and he's just like has this like nice beard, and his face is so kind. And my first instinct was like kiss him, and I was like, whoa! Yeah. I was like, hey Sebastian, but 
this is new. I feel that about everybody. Though. It's kind of hot. And I like never saw him again. And I don't see a lot of men on a daily basis that I'm like, hey, kiss him. Ugh, In fact, I think that the reason why that one stands out is because it was like, oh, yeah. that's the first. Yeah. That's interesting what you said. If I hadn't been told I was straight, what would I be? If I hadn't been told, because I was told, yeah, like, oh, I like guys. Well, then you're gay. Mm. If I hadn't been told that, I just, I just wonder what would be different about my life. Mm. Like, what would I have done? What would I have not done? How mm. would my personality be? Because the second you're prescribed gay, your personality does take on different, like, the way you joke, the way you talk to people, the way you approach situations changes. And so I think I would probably be a lot less funny. To our, li- <laughs> to our listeners, that's not thunder. Somebody's moving chairs upstairs or, or a table of some sort. No, I think that with that experience, what the re- when I remember it, I remember it because I try to now look at people without trying to assume, like, are they gay? Are they straight? Are they in between? I try to assume that no one will surprise me with what they like and what they don't like, who they like and who they don't like. Yeah. And that's sort of, I'm doing that because I, I'm trying to accept more of myself because mm-hmm. I realize that I quash a whole lot of myself um, when it comes to what I like and what I don't like. Well, that was really interesting because, like, I'm not sure if any of our listeners have realized, but the dating app Bumble has added an extension that allows you to just swipe for other females in your area who want to be friends, like mm. Bumble BFF, I think it's called. And guys can do it too for other guys. And I was talking to this really cool girl and I asked her, I'm like, oh, do you date dudes? Because I wanted to share this article with you. And it was such a natural question. It wasn't a, like, are you a lesbian? Are you gay? Are you bi? Are you anything? It was just, do you date dudes? Because I have this really useful article that you might like and you might mm. find it funny. And it was such a, I just was like kind of marveling at like the progression of that question because mm-hmm. like she wasn't offended. She wasn't offended. She was like, yeah, I do date dudes. Mm. And I didn't have to go any further than that. Like, oh, and women too. She didn't have to explain herself. It was just like an easy, like, Mm. Yes, I do. Send me this article. And then we laughed at the article. Mm. And that's kind of like, I think, where I want to be. Like, do you date guys? Yeah. Do you date girls? Do you date everyone? Do you date no one? How do stream kind of situation like i want to hear i'm not gonna go alone on this <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put two more condoms on this because i i'm not going in double bag it double ba- triple bag it <laughs> triple bag it's such a bad idea okay so you're asking me like what is my yeah, sexual like experience? you know rubbing up against the carpet while watching. i don't know where's my mouth um <laughs> so my sexual awakening is definitely like sponsored by disney Yo. Oh, well, I feel like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm obviously, like, I feel like that's pretty much the story with most people. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, it's not, like, so embarrassing that it, like, was, like, some sort of CGI animal. Cause yeah. Because, I mean, Simba was oh, God. amazing. But, like, for me, it was a lot... Pride rock hard. <laughs> Holy moly. So, like, I remember watching Aladdin a lot. And, like, not really, like, imbuing it with any sort of sexualness at all. Yeah. But there is that moment where I think Aladdin kisses Jasmine. Mm. And the weirdness of this animation, I'm not sure if you like remember this, but they actually showed the jaw muscles working. Yeah. And I it was like that. a really strange physical moment. Yeah. Um 
Mario's standing he's like shirtless throughout the whole movie yeah. and like obviously to like my five year old six year old brain that wasn't like a big deal yeah but suddenly it was and I think it's also powerful in that way because he was the sort of first brown man mm-hmm. I saw and it wasn't just him like Jasmine also was like incredibly attractive oversexed 15 year old girl right. Oh, yeah. right. with a tiger with a tiger. With a fucking tiger in her room. I mean, that's like not a, like, isn't that not a symbol of power? That but fucking like, tiger could rip her fucking throat out. <laughs> but like, yeah, like she was, like her midriff was showing, mm-hmm. she had really thick hair. So it was, it was kind of like the power of like seeing people who looked like me. Mm-hmm. And then also people who were sexualized at the same time. So like, I think it was too much for my little brain to handle. And so there was a lot of like, um, I wouldn't say like, uh, subtle rubbing I would say more a lot of needing to go to the bathroom really quick and mm-hmm. um I just I didn't know why and also like my parents were never really like nervous about watching R-rated movies in front of me or like watching sex scenes on tv when I was a kid like they didn't push me out of the room or anything like that it was just kind of like it was like let it happen because they just assumed that like this is part of society and it mostly it mostly goes over your head as a kid until you reach that point where you learn what it is and then it becomes a right. I don't even I don't even know what it was, but I do remember like there being something yeah. arousing about it. But my first sexual experience was definitely watching Aladdin for the bajillionth time mm. and then suddenly feeling something. Hitting the dopamine button on, <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. Oh, oh boy. So why you? Oh man. I mean I just have these memories in, in general of waking up earlier than I needed to get up and laying in bed and imagining things. And I remember that at a certain point, I can start remembering what I'm imagining because it's sexually arousing. And I don't remember like in like in terms of like, it's not as vivid as like Boner on Jetstream. It's more like I remember feeling very warm and thinking about my... I think it's either second or third grade Spanish teacher dancing nude, like dancing, kind of like, like, um, like Salome, like, like no, scars. like, like, no, like not even that sexually, just kind of like, like dancing freely amongst floating Japanese lanterns, like red Japanese lanterns. Um, and I, like, I can't fucking tell you why. Um, like, oh, was... wait, hold on. So like, are the, are the lanterns like, Floating around. Tell us more about the lanterns. Like, it's like it's like it's like it's maybe like four to six of her, like all the same person, like holding hands. Oh, there are like, multiples. Of there her. are this multiples so of her. Yeah. See, you yeah. skipped over that. I did. No, I no. I can't remember if it was like four. Some. I guess maybe sometimes it was like four or six funny. of her, and sometimes it was like just her. This, this is like so this intense. is like Dumbo's nightmare. Yeah. It was, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm remembering it, and I'm being like, what was going on? Okay, so they're all holding and hands, and they're just like. Like that painting where they're all naked. Yeah. Sort of. Maybe like with the Matisse, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it was like a Matisse kind of deal. But the thing is like she's Venezuelan. Like she's like, it wasn't like, to me, I feel like maybe. She could be cultured as fuck. Yeah, she could be super into Matisse. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm I'm just saying like it didn't really make. (laughs) It was like a multicultural. Orientalist. Yeah. Orientalist like (laughs) fantasy. The lanterns. Yes. Not even Chinese people like lanterns. I, they just have them there for necessity. Like, ugh, what the fuck? I have up. to imagine that it was like maybe like one of the Miyazaki films that I was watching. Just Spirited like Away? No, no, that was, too early that was for that. yeah, it's like too early for that. But I did watch like. 
I like how we're doing this like cultural analysis of well, because it is kind fantasy. of fucking weird. It's yeah, it's just pretentious yeah. thing. Oh, the tease. Dumbo's nightmare. Oh my God. That's oh. true. Lars von Trier would have a lot of fun. Oh my Stop. God. Stop. Ridiculous. Okay, we're done with your story. Oh, we're so done. But you know who's also done, and I'm really, really mad about it, is fucking Obama. The most fuckable no. president that we've ever had. Ever. I want to say. Like... You want to talk to us about your? I'm just really okay. In, in general, in in general, this comes up every couple of weeks. Yeah, no, because every couple of weeks I fucking realize that we're losing the Obamas, like not just the most fuckable president, but probably fuckable the most fuckable first, first lady. First ladies, like too. I would not like, mind. Like premier Glotus. I would not mind like watching on the side as those two. Stop. <laughs> you don't don't lie. Don't lie, because you know they got a healthy sex life. I love it because he's got those cheekbones and she's got those, those arms. arms. And these arms. Like, and she's got great ways. legs too. Like she's they're they're packages. Skin. They're it's whole packages. Like, uh, and like I kind of like silver haired Obama, like stressed out Obama, like <laughs> like, like Yeah, like let me help you take your stress off. Like Oh yeah, you know? okay. Like and I, he's just so beautiful. Like and he's like Sure, he's done some shitty things while in office, but for the most part, <laughs> like I'm kind of yeah. Still I mean, I can forgive down. drone strikes. I, I was about because, to say like, yeah, because he's gonna drone strike me. Like, oh my god! Oh, no. Like <laughs> he's gonna man you. He's gonna get a man. There's a terrorist cell in my rear, and he can put it. Stop! In oh, fuck me. There's a movie coming out about that. About Obama fucking me? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, right. the, with Helen Mirren. Yes, yes. Helen Mirren is going to order so, the drone strike on it your... It looks on my butt. Yeah. On my butt. Yeah. In my butt. Probably 50% of the reason why my dad has been very disappointed in Obama is because my mom and my sister are always talking about how hot he is. He's beautiful. And my dad can't stand it. He's <laughs> very... I love it. Even, like, in his, like, dad jeans. Even when he's, like, mm-hmm. cracking turkey jokes. Like, yeah. There's just an element to him that's just, like... And I like this better. I like this as a better gauge of somebody than, oh, would I want to have a beer with him? I would want to have a beer yeah. with Obama. I would want to do other things with Obama. I'd, like, have, like, three beers with Obama and, like, go to another place and, like, do a shot and then, like, <laughs> wander to my doorstep and, like, hey, so do you, like, want to come up? And he goes, sure. And then, you know, bada bing, bada boom, drone strikes up my butt. <laughs> I mean, like, what I like about it is that I've had imaginings about what that bedroom talk is like and I love the idea like I remember but their pillow talk is like smart and cultured but also like but like sexy. also like really like you know how like I mean like when, when we talk you know when it's really laid back and there's like fuck shit you know like mm-hmm. bull or like all this crap you know like I can, like I remember being conscious of Bill Clinton cheating on Hillary and yeah. I can't imagine like what they talk like like behind yeah, closed doors yeah. but I imagine it's like very like different well I just I just think like also, growing up with, I think, I would say growing up, because it's like formative years, right? So mm-hmm. 16 to like now. Mm-hmm. So I was 16 when they were inaugurated. Right. And then I'll be 24, 25 when they leave office. God, yeah. you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, just like seeing this couple that is so in love with each other as mm-hmm. well. At like the, at this figurehead or like at the center mm-hmm. of our society, at like the first family, like... Mm. They have these like two beautiful smart daughters and like they're mm. always hugging and touching each other and it's this really like romantic intimacy mm. that's also equally backed up by like years of devotion mm-hmm. and like I don't know, just intelligence. We've never seen a first lady and a president like that, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. That's been like it's been like never um, this affectionate because they've all been old fogies and like Wait, no, there so was powerful, there though, was you know? Al Gore. 
like but he wasn't impressed bending tipper gore over at the the during that one like you don't remember that he not like well sorry he it's not tipper tippered he yeah he tipped tipper you don't remember that? This was like headline news. They like won some sort of caucus. Oh, like a, I was tip tip oh, her over. I was thinking he, he bent her over. Yeah, no, 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 no. He tipped her. No, he dipped her. Right. Okay, I got mixed I up. I was very confused thing. about that. And no, no, he wasn't a stated over. president, so it's not. It doesn't count. Doesn't no, it count. doesn't. But I mean, like, it was I guess also... maybe Clinton, but like no, there's a coldness. Yeah, they're married. They're like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that I can't see it. That's a you know that's a Lucy and Ricky situation. A lot of stuff happened during that presidency that's like I understand yeah, why yeah. I just think like it's there's something so powerful right about growing up with this couple at this at the center of our country who stand for this sort of love mm-hmm. like and seeing that at a young enough age where you can start like mm-hmm. wanting that yeah. that they have like an equally friendship based as well as yeah. like intimate relationship I mean we are obviously like completely like assuming a lot about the relationship yeah. we don't know but that's such an powerful public image, I think. Yeah. But they're not scared to, like, be affectionate with each other. No, I miss them a lot. Yeah. It really hurts. Did yeah. you see the video of the girl crying? Yeah, yeah. There's this girl, there's a video of this, this young girl, like, <laughs> and her mom's like, why are you crying? She's like, my mom is not going to be present I just love how her mom is just sending the recording the whole thing. Oh, like, yeah, that's a whole different subject. <laughs> Yeah. Funny. Really oh my gosh, that. remember that like old lady who showed up um, during Black History Month like last month? Oh my she god. She was at 106 and mm. she was like... The one who moved like Yoda in <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> what, episode, uh, is that, five? Like, just like hops around and we're just like... <laughs> she was so excited. But I think the funniest thing was the Washington Post article that came out after that video where they quoted her as saying um, that she found Obama very attractive <laughs> and that she... Wouldn't mind thirty minutes alone with him. Thirsty, thirsty, <laughs> thirsty. But she was like all of us in that situation. Oh yeah, like... that's true. <laughs> As we just established, which one of us in this room would not have thirty minutes alone with the president <laughs> after a couple of beers <laughs> and a shot? A pickleback, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely go for that. that. Was a great video though. That was a great. Video. I really loved that. It's just it was so cool seeing like the amount of joy in her like expression. But it was also like an extremely political video. Yeah. She was saying black president, black wife, and it was just this like acknowledgement of like, I don't know, I just, sometimes, and this is like really funny because obviously like, I am a non-black person of color, but sometimes I wake up and I realize my president's black and like that's amazing and sometimes I realize my president's black and mm. is still in a situation. Yeah. I would be interested in, and it, like, these are all the intangibles, right? Like should we care about whether a president makes us feel comfortable enough to say like hey he's attractive or like hey like i would be down to tell him like you cute um i think that we live in these structures and we live in these ways of thinking about who's legitimate like who who should hold power who is qualified to hold power i remember that this that you know hillary was saying the same thing about obama when he was about to become president he's not experienced enough there's he doesn't have enough under his belt he doesn't know what he's doing and i feel like at the end of the day like we have somebody in office that in certain cases makes us feel safe young politicians make sense to me Mm -hmm. right because why would you keep representing interests that are on their way out anyway yeah right so young politicians make sense young politicians tend to be attractive because they are young and they are more attractive than their counterparts so Mm -hmm. i'm all for this 
I am too. Like, and objectively, I would say objectively, Marco Rubio is good looking. He's like bland enough to be passable. He's good looking. Like, little Marco's okay. Little Marco's okay. He's okay. A okay. I've never wanted to like. Well, remember O'Malley? Daddy O'Malley? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy O'Malley. We would literally, okay, listeners, we would literally be watching the debates in our apartment, me and Matt, and O'Malley would come on and Matt would lose himself. Let's say top one or top two political people in the political sphere that you would bone. Of like, any no questions age. Asked. Of, of any, any age. Of any, any... That, we, that we didn't just mention already? Or... Um... um you know who I would bone? Who? Shah Jahan. Okay. That dude not only like ran India or northern India, but he like built the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal for his like. Oh, uh, so historical. I am all about. I think I said this before. I am all about that captivating companionship, mm-hmm. romance-based sexuality, and mm-hmm. I mean his like little like miniatures, the paintings that they did of him, not bad. Um, young John F. Kennedy is <laughs> definitely on my list. I went to his museum in Massachusetts, and I was, like, creaming my pants for the Oh, my God. Like, no, young JFK is a cutie. He's got that stupid accent, but just muffle it somehow. <laughs> somehow. Take a seat on a face, you know? But, like, yeah. he's gorgeous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I would definitely bang him, for sure. Going, going with the consistent crutch of white women, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, for real. Oh, for real. Like, I, I can't explain it to you. I really can't. But the second I saw her, I was like, oh, shit. Is it something about no. how she holds a gavel or something? <sighs> you want to know? Wait. I really can't. <laughs> Nancy <laughs> fucking Pelosi. I, I, no, wait, now I feel so pretentious for coming up with like this like weird ancient Indian example. What's what's weird? The, give me, no, give me a second. I'm someone else. Nancy, I'm just Pelosi. like and confused because Nancy Pelosi is just like not a sexual. I mean, look at this low cut top she's wearing here. That's that's sexual, dude. I'm telling you, Nancy Pelosi. I stand by it. I'm taking it to my grave. You, Nancy Pelosi, in a vat of Crisco is a bad. You know who's beautiful? Who's, what? All right, who's beautiful? Uh, what's her name? Kamala. Oh, Kamala, Kamala Harris. Ugh. I mean, like, Beautiful I woman. Kamala Harris. What was she? What Who was dead? her? I feel like she's like a DA or something. Oh yes, she was a she was up like she was. A lot of people were speculating that she'd be a, a Supreme Court nominee. Yeah, Kamala um, Harris. Oh yeah, she looks like she's on an ABC TV show. She looks like oh, she damn. was yeah. discovered by Chanel at fourteen. Yeah. Oh. And then like decided to like, look at that. Oh. Look at that face. Right. Oh. It's that such a face. Malaysian beauty. Oh yeah, for sure. That for sure, for sure, very good for. Never gonna age gorgeousness. Very good. And like, I wouldn't want to bang her, this person I have to say, but I would definitely hang with her. And that's <laughs> RBG. Oh, yes. RBG was RBG. actually my, my, my. I don't know. I feel deck. like I don't have to be convinced to do that, you know? What do you mean? If that ever came up, I would, you know, be, I'd consider it. If RBG was like, hey, do you wanna. Yeah, why not? Thank you for standing up for my pro choice rights. That's very cool. <laughs> Yo, yeah, listening to those three women, like defend, pro like uh, women's rights in the most recent uh, case for abor- abortion, literally got me off on the train. Like, <laughs> I cannot like. I love the sexualizing of politics, dude. It is like, kind there of, is nothing it is kind of hot. There's nothing hotter than three women of power 
like just going in for women like in a Supreme Court case like that's hot that's hot so you are like one of those sapiosexual bros no I'm just like I'm because women have just been fucked over so many fucking times and to hear this woman uh, these women after Scalia's gone yeah be yeah, like yeah. fuck you fuck you fuck you it's like oh yes please <laughs> I mean like like if your politics align with somebody right like is isn't that like you know that oh, everything else will probably yeah. be smooth sailing like, if your politics don't line up, you could try to force something, but yeah. there's probably going to be a conversation yeah, in there that's yeah, going to yeah. suck. Yeah. Versus, like, if your politics really work out, you're like, okay. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, let's do it. Definitely. I think that's a great note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> Wanting to bang to the transcript of <laughs> the most recent abortion trials. But, I, um, I actually like everybody's everybody's picks. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's an all-star team. Solid I'd be really glad about that. So thanks for listening to our first podcast for sex. This is Matt, Nadia, Sebastian, and uh, we hope you listen to our next episode, which will come out soon.